Father, I ask that your people would encounter you through this message. Their hearts would be drawn to Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Would your Holy Spirit fill me in my mouth and my words in a special way so that we can hear from you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I led a small group uh, recently. It was in the, 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 the kind of the winter months, I think we called it. Yeah, it was our winter group, and it was called Life Explored. And it's this small group, this, this study, uh, seven weeks, kind of introducing people that don't know Jesus to who Jesus is and who God is. And the, se- the second session, there's a quote from A.W. Tozer. The, the teacher opens the session with this quote. A.W. Tozer says, what comes to mind when you think of God is the most important thing about you. Now, the leader of this session, Barry Cooper, went on to say that what we think about God, positive or negative, determines if we want to know him. So when someone says, I don't believe in God, Barry asks, well, which God don't you believe in? You might have a a certain perception of who God is. And that God might actually not be the real God, the God of the Bible. And what what if the true God could meet you and your needs and make you more happy and more joyful than you ever imagined? Wouldn't you want to meet that God? My answer to Barry's question is yes. Yes, I want to meet that God. Well, when you think of God, who do you think of? Do you think of kind of like a, 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 an angry deity sitting on a throne in heaven? Maybe he has a, like a, a long, white, flowing beard and a bald head. He looks a little bit like Zeus, and he throws lightning bolts at you if you disobey or you do something wrong. Or maybe on the other end of things, he's like this really pleasant grandpa that will give you anything you want as long as you ask nice enough. When you think of God, maybe you think of Jesus Christ. You've put your faith in Jesus, and you know Jesus is God, so you think of him. But what do you think of God the Father? If I were to say those words, God the Father, who would you think of then? Would you think of someone you can relate to and know, or someone you cannot have a relationship with? Well, I know for me, that as we go through this series, it's important to focus on who God is. Last week we heard about the Trinity. We are introduced to the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this week we're looking at the Father as part of our series. And I believe that what you think about God the Father and who he is is one of the most important things about you. And I hope that as we go through this sermon, you will come to understand who God is and the relationship the Father wants to have with you. Now, for me, as I think about the Father initially, I kind of think about him as this distant God, this God that I don't really know that well. And I think it's fair to say that God the Father is a distant God. Kevin, if you could just move it up one slide, that'd be great. Now, throughout the Old and New Testament, uh, the Bible describes who God is. 
And God the Father is a great place to start because when we explain who God the Father is, we're also explaining things about the Son and about the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go through some attributes, some characteristics or traits of who the Father is. And when I say that, I'm not saying these are any less true of the Son or of the Holy Spirit. But we use the opportunity of the Father in our articles of faith to explain who God is, who his attributes are, and we did it under the Father. So we're going to focus on him. And I want to go ahead and read that article that uh, we've read already, but I want to read the first half of it. We believe in God the Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth, eternal in his being, perfect in holiness, sovereign over all creation, all-knowing, omniscient, all-present, omnipresent, and all-powerful omnipotent. Now last week we learned that there are how many gods? There is one God. There are three persons, right? And they are each fully God. Now as we look at each of them, we see that each member of the Trinity forms a a family. And we could give a, a broken analogy of kind of our life and how we relate in our families. So when we look at the the scriptures, we we see the Father often being involved in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Spirit in the work of the church. And we compare this maybe, you know, like the Father, your dad mows your lawn in your, your household, and your mom does the laundry, and all the kids, they sit on the couch. There are different roles, right, that each one of us do. And I know some of you are like, no, I'm the one that mows. I'm the one who does the laundry. I understand that. Well, when we think of God the Father as just someone who was involved in creation, think about how far back and how distant that pushes the Father, right? So wherever you date creation, either thousands of years or millions of years, it's a God who is distant, who we don't really relate to. But Jesus, well... You know, he's important. We have a cross kind of symbolizing him. Nothing about the the Father in here. And the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit fills the church, fills people, right? So we can relate to him. See, there's a problem with just attributing these single things to each person. Because all three persons of the Trinity are involved in each. The Father raised the Son from the dead. The Father and the Son, they send the Holy Spirit to us today. They are all active right now. Just like, well, Dad sometimes mows the uh, the laundry. He he folds the laundry. And the kids sometimes do the lawn. And Mom sometimes gets a break, right? They're all involved in a relationship of the triune God. But because the Father does uh, seem kind of far away, I want us to focus on the attributes and see, well, there's a reason for that. Because these attributes, these characteristics tend to push him far away in relatability to us. So the first attribute of the Father is his uh, relatability. Isaiah 4028 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. In our statement of faith, we say the Father is eternal in his being. God has been there since the beginning, and he will be there long after the end. The Bible calls him the Alpha. That's the first letter in the Greek alphabet. And the Omega, it's the last letter in the Greek alphabet. The Father invented the idea of time. God did that. 
Well, I can hardly imagine, like, tomorrow. <laughs> Makes me hard. It, it, it's, it's like one of those mind games that just kind of breaks you down when you start to think about the eternality of God. God is also holy. We believe the Father is perfect in holiness. Luke 9, uh, Leviticus 19.2 says, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. There is no blemish, there is no impurity, there is no sin in the Father. He is absolutely pure and absolutely holy. He says he's a billion times cleaner than the cleanest operating room, and he is a trillion times brighter than the brightest sun in the universe. This is who God is. He is holy, he is pure. And what do I know about myself? What do I know about my heart? There's lots of sin in it. There's lots of impurities. There's lots of imperfections. See, there's a, there's a gap between me and who the Father is. The Father is sovereign. He's sovereign over all of creation. This means he rules everything and everyone. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. God orchestrates everything. Now, when we think about God sitting on a throne, that's actually not that far off. <laughs> the Bible talks about God on a throne. He rules. He supervises. He is the boss. If you've ever had a job where your boss was someone you had a difficult time relating to because, uh, you know, there were some interesting dynamics in your relationship, well, imagine the father who's the boss of everything. It can be really hard to relate to him. Now, he's sovereign, and this allows us to say the, the next three omnis. <laughs> because he's sovereign, it, it, it lends itself, it, well, it comes from omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence. So let's look at the first one, omniscient. We believe the Father is all-knowing. 1 John 3.20 says, if our hearts condemn us, we know, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. God knows everything. The Father knows everything. Every hair on your head, every intention of your heart. He knows the, what went on and what led to some of the greatest discoveries. He, he knew about E equals MC squared long before Einstein ever discovered it. He knows what has happened, what will happen, and he even knows what could happen. So if Einstein had never discovered E equals MC squared, he would know that future as well. Oh, that's, that blows my mind. I know, personally, I know a little bit about theology. I know a little bit about being married. I know a little bit about CrossFit. <laughs> and I just learned how to change my lawnmower's carburetor this week. So I'm getting close to omniscience. The Father, God, is also omnipresent. He is all present. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? God is not like a, a thin layer of saran wrap just kind of plastered over the whole world and over every star and every galaxy. God is everywhere, but he is not everything. 
So he fills everything. He's present. There's nowhere that you can run. There's nowhere you can flee in heaven above or, or earth beneath or hell below. The God is not present. That, that astounds my mind. I, I don't understand it. The Father is also, also omnipotent. We believe the Father is all-powerful. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. God can do anything according to his nature. So God can't sin. There are some things that God can't do because he, he, can't, he can't break his nature. He can't break who he is. He's holy. But he's all-powerful. He rules. He reigns. There's nothing that can hinder God. Now, all these attributes, they're wonderful, they're great, but don't they make God the Father feel kind of distant, feel far away, like he's someone who's hard to relate to and, and know? He's kind of like that, that businessman father who's, who's never home, but he's watching you because he has a Nest video camera, like in the corner. He's watching on his tablet. He sends his, his nannies and his maids to take care of you, but you never really see him. He's, he's off somewhere else. See, this is the type of father that is respected but not loved. That is known but not felt. But our articles of faith, they say something really good. They say, we rejoice. We rejoice. See, there, if that's all we knew of God, that actually wouldn't be a very good God. Because this distant father cares enough to come and enter into our lives. See, God the Father is the distant God who draws near to us. We're going to look at the second half of our articles of faith. And they are different. There's this transition from distance to nearness. Distance to closeness. There are some implied attributes of God here. Continues, we rejoice that he concerns himself mercifully in the affairs of men, hearing and answering prayer, and that he saves from sin and death. So I think the first attribute that we see in here is love. 1 John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. We see this in the phrase, he concerns himself mercifully in the affairs of men. That's a beautiful way of saying that God cares about you. The Father cares about me. How wonderful is that news? God is love. Now last week we talked about the Trinity, right? We learned that God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that God in himself is a relational being. You know that God loves himself? Now when I love myself, it's, it can kind of be selfish, right? But when God loves himself, he's, it's not selfishness. The Father is loving the Son. The Son is loving the Father. The, the Holy Spirit is communicating that love. Unselfish love. I, I, I read a chapter from a book this week called Delighting in the Trinity. and talked about you know, other faiths and other religions that are kind of strict monotheism. In other words, just one God. That God may love himself, but it's just looking at himself in a mirror. That's a selfish kind of love. Isn't it good to know that our God, 
is loving and is being, but it's not a selfish kind of love. It's not self-centered. When I think about the Father in my life, it's, uh, I can think of him as a loving being. And I think this comes uh, from because either knowingly or unknowingly, there is an individual in each of our lives that shapes our perspective on who the Father is. And that's our earthly fathers, isn't it? Our dads. Even from a young age, you're kind of like a divine, out-of-this-world big being to them. And so each of us comes with a perception, an analogy of who God is. See, when we open the Bible and we read the scriptures, we don't do so as a clean slate. We do so as someone who has been molded and shaped by a whole lifetime of living. And so when we think about the Father, well, it might be a really great Father, a Father that went to your baseball games, your soccer games, wants to spend time with you, loved you picked you up when you fell down, but there are many of us that might not have had good fathers. Maybe you've heard that song by, uh, well, Johnny Cash sang it. It wasn't his song originally, but Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> he sings about a father who is always gone. and the, the son just wants to spend time with you, Dad, but he's never there. Or maybe you had a father who wasn't gone too much, but he was, he was around too much, and he wasn't a pleasant person to be around. And so when you think of the Father, you do think of that scowling God, or perhaps that absent God, one who does not care about you. Well, the good news of the Bible, the good news of the gospel, is that each one of us can have a heavenly Father that is perfect, that is not unkind, is not me, is loving, is holy, but cares about us and wants to be in our lives, wants to mercifully involve themselves in your life and in mine. God the Father is this distant God who draws near to us. We encounter his attribute of love. Now I want to look at the next attribute, and that's his faithfulness. We believe the Father is hearing and answering prayer. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. See, God, God uses his attributes God uses his sovereignty, his omniscience, his omnipotence, his omnipresence to answer our prayers. He draws near to us in all of his power, answering our requests. Sometimes we think of God as like this static being who sits outside of time and he's kind of bored because he knows how it all plays out. Well, that's not the God of the Bible that we get. We get a God who dynamically interacts with his creation. See, somehow, when we pray in the will of God, I believe that God wraps up our will in his will, answering our prayers. Somehow, when I pray in Christ, I am praying in the will of God. And we see that. We see prayers getting answered. 
We're a part of the process. Sometimes they're answered the way we want, yes. (laughs) Other times not, as a no. The third option is wait. Sometimes God says wait. I wanted to, to share a story of a friend who recently had their prayers answered. So our kids are going to, uh, to France. Your youth are going on this missions trip. We have a, a good friend, Joe, who Monica and I have known, who's a missionary, who's also going to visit the first couple days of France. And he is kind of like this, I think his title is Global Missions Partner to a church in South Carolina. And that means he kind of acts like a liaison to other countries. Uh, He uses his connections to kind of build up the missions program of this church. And so he has lots of connections. And he has connections in Myanmar and India. And he's trying to form some in Europe. And so he's using the opportunity to come and meet the team in France and see Camp Ted Uh, totally English days, to see what's going on there, because next summer, his church in South Carolina might lead a group to France, so that would be really cool. But he is a missionary, and he doesn't necessarily have a lot of funds, so he was a little anxious about that, and he was praying, Lord, would you provide for all my needs, and uh, specifically, you know, I'm going to go, and I'm going to stay at near the camp. And so he was actually looking for a hotel, looking to book a hotel online, and he was debating between Grenoble and Sean Fleury, and one of them was like this nice mountain, mountain area, and one of them's this uh, nice city area. And he was praying to the father, saying, you know, Father, I like this place here, but what about that place? You've been there. You created both those places. In fact, you're there right now. Which one should I choose? And a couple minutes later, three minutes, before he had booked either one, he received a text from Monica that the camp director had invited him to come and stay at a tiny little room in the attic of the camp. This is a packed camp, and yet there is still room for one more. The father provided for his needs. Joe is someone who did not have a good earthly father. In fact, he has had two bad earthly fathers, a bad biological father and a bad adopted father. And he said, I could share this, but God came into his life as the father and through the years reworked his image of who God is to be this loving, caring father who provides for all of his needs. (laughs) The father in heaven who taught him those things that his earthly fathers never did how to barbecue, how to do other fun things. The Father gave him those gifts. And this is the kind of Father each one of us can have in our lives, whether you have a great earthly Father or a not-so-good one. And the cool thing is that the Heavenly Father for Joe has actually restored his relationship with his biological Father. We have a God who just gives and gives and gives. He's loving, he's faithful, he's also merciful. We believe the Father is merciful. It says that he, he saves from sin and death. Kevin, can you switch it to the next one? He saves from sin and death. Luke 6.36 says this, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. See, God saves us from sin and death, a life lived without him. 
He pardons our sin. He's the father that forgives us. (laughs) When we throw the rock through the window and the window shatters, the father says, I forgive you. We've done something way worse than that. We have introduced sin into his beautiful, perfect creation. We We have splintered everything. And yet he's willing to forgive us and grant us eternal life. Now, how can this be true? Why is this so? There's a a miracle. There's a way that the holy God can draw near to sinful people. And it's not because sinful people are good or sinful people draw near to God. It's because God has drawn near to us. And he does this through a person, through the person of the Trinity. The Father is the distant God who draws near to us through Jesus. I want to highlight the very last line of our article of faith. He saves from sin and death those who believe in Jesus Christ. It's through the Son that we can experience the Father. Jesus draws the Father near into our lives. One of the disciples named Philip asked Jesus, Show us the Father. Show us the Father. And he answered this, the passage that, that Andy read. John 14, 9 through 10, Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I had been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. See, when we encounter Jesus, we encounter the Father. The attributes of the Father are true of the Son. Jesus brings the eternality, the holiness, the the sovereignty, all those omnis. Jesus brings those into our lives. Somehow he embodied those. But then he does it in a personal way. He brings brings the love and the faithfulness and the mercy of the Father directly into us. Our hearts. This is what the cross is. On the cross, Jesus <laughs> forsakes his own holiness. Like his holiness is taken and our unholiness is put on him. He pays for our unholiness. And, and guess where his holiness goes? His holiness goes to you and me. One of those attributes of the Father becomes an attribute on me, laid on me because of Jesus Christ. He is forsaken. He, he is forsaken by the Father. In one sense, losing the love for a moment of the Father so that we can experience it. So that we can receive the eternal love of God. On the cross, each one of our prayers is answered. On the cross, our prayers for a perfect heavenly father, for eternal life, for that satisfaction that only Jesus can give are answered. Through the cross, one I really wanted to highlight that Terry introduced last week, the father adopts us. See, after Jesus had risen from the grave, he encountered one of his followers, a woman named Mary Magdalene in the garden outside the tomb. And at first, she didn't recognize him, but when she does, she cries out to Jesus, and she clings to him. 
And this is what Jesus says. Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Through the cross, we are adopted into God's heavenly family. We become children of God. That title does not belong to all human beings. It only belongs to those that have come to the Father through Jesus Christ. Do you know what this means? This means that not only does Jesus share in the attributes of God, we begin to share in the attributes of God. Now, there are some attributes that we don't share. (laughs) We will never be omnipotent. We will never be omnipresent or omniscient. But through Jesus, we will be holy. Through Jesus, we will be loving and faithful. And through Jesus, in some ways, we actually will be sovereign. (laughs) The Bible talks about us ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. We will do that. We will reign with him. He will always be the king of kings. Even the eternality of God is going to come to us as a gift. When you you say, I have eternal life because I believe in Jesus, that is not just like a new state God gives you. You have eternal life through your relationship with the eternal God. Your eternal life is because you are a part of the relationship, a part of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit relationship. That's where eternal life comes from. Not from a new state, but from a relationship. Wow. This is beautiful. We wrote our articles of faith as a team, and I had a big, big play in that. And there was one thing we missed. (laughs) We missed talking about adoption. Adoption is so important. I hope that when you talk about the Father from now on, you will talk about your Father, not just a Father. I want to give an application point that you can take home, something that you can put into action in your life, and I've just narrowed it down to one. Trying to keep it simple tonight. That is the call to draw near to the Father. Draw near to the Father in your daily life and your walk. Like we heard last week, pray to the Father. I wanted to give you an exercise that you could do this week as well. Now, two weeks ago was Father's Day, right? But like any good father, our Heavenly Father will accept late gifts, Right? So this week, take some time to write your Heavenly Father a note, a letter. Uh, It can be as long or as short as you want. I'd encourage you that you can even go to the store, maybe go to CVS or Walgreens, and stand in the aisle and try to pick out a card that you would love to give to the Father. See, if you you have not bought... (laughs) a a Father's Day card in many years because you don't have a good father, our Heavenly Father would love to receive one from you. He would love to get one just from you, picked out for him. Now, it won't surprise him. He'll know which one you're going to (laughs) pick. But you can certainly get one and write a note and put it on your shelf as a reminder that you have a sweet, sweet father. 
You have a good, good father. God the Father is the distant God who draws near to us through Jesus. A little over a year ago, there was this viral video, I think it was 36 million views, it's of a girl and her stepfather, and she's giving her stepfather a gift, and someone's recording, and as he opens the, the gift, there's like this letter, and it talks about their relationship, and how she so appreciates him as her stepfather, and they have such a wonderful, unique, like sappy, gooey, awesome relationship. And I won't quote any of it for you tonight. But then he opens up the box, and inside the box He just like starts choking up and gives her a huge hug because inside the box is a petition for adoption. She wants him to go from being his stepfather to his true, her true and legal father. I don't know where all of you are at tonight, but if you do not know God the Father as your heavenly father, I pray that tonight would be the night that you petition the father for adoption. We do this through putting our faith in Jesus, through coming to Jesus and believing, confessing our sins. And the good news is the Father welcomes you into the family. And it's a good, good family. God the Father is the distant God who draws near to us through Jesus. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for sending your Son Because it's through your son that we can know and relate to you and experience the relationship that you have with the son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. It's in the name of Jesus, our big brother, we pray. Amen.